It's episode 43 of the Pete Primo Show, and we are going to power up your virtual sales with John Kalancic, the owner of uh, Matrix Impact. John is an expert in sales, and uh, John has been uh, given me and my customers advice for, for many years now. We actually met on LinkedIn, and we only live... 10 minutes away from each other. Anyway, I am going to pay the bills real quick and then I'm bringing John in. If you haven't got it already, you've got to get sell a million, 101 ways to increase your sales. If you own a furniture or a mattress store, you need to get sell a million, 101 tactics, techniques. Um, there's actually more than that in there. Most important announcement though, we have a sponsor that uh, does a great job for the mattress industry. The Mattress Industry Network, it is a Facebook group. It is 100% free. And if you own any kind of a store that retails mattresses and you don't belong to the Mattress Industry Network, you are missing out. Over a 1,000 strong membership. And it is a group that is for retailers, by retailers, run by retailers. They help each other market, build, sell, and succeed in the mattress industry. And if you've ever been in the middle, you don't know if I should put this line on or not, type it in there and you'll have you'll have a lot of responses and you'll ha get a complete picture. There's big stores, small stores, and medium-sized stores in this group. Join the Mattress Industry Network group. Do it today. John, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, P. What's going on? It is the afternoon. I didn't even realize that. It is a very busy afternoon. John, I was I was pleasantly surprised that um, you are onto the virtual sales thing. And it's kind of funny because, you know, there's a large part of all selling that is quote virtual, not belly to belly. Anytime you make a phone call, that's virtual, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, when customers are calling a store, that's virtual. And, and, you know, sometimes I think we kind of get ourselves a little bit overexcited about new things and forget about the fundamentals of selling. You know, the most important thing in, in my mind is that we always put the needs of our customers first. And whether that's me as a wholesale rep or me as a store owner selling to retail consumers, it's still the same. I, I need to establish what their needs are and help them get where they want to go. And uh, all good selling does that, no matter what framework that you happen to subscribe to or if you've created your own like you have, John. Um, Tell me what your thoughts are on virtual sales. First of all, is it here to stay? And then I'll have a follow-up question. Einstein has a quote, and it goes something like this. I'm going to paraphrase. The mind once stretched to different dimensions never returns. And what he meant was when you learn something, you can't unlearn it. And as a result, you apply those things you learn either negatively or positively to what you are going forward. So to answer your question, Pete, it ain't going nowhere. All right. And it's going to be here. It's going to be something that's going to be a tool in our utility belt. So you know, one of the, you know, the, the way that this kind of all came together was, so I, I was rewatching uh, the original Star Trek movies 
And you know, and I never watched that her first one, okay, the, the motion picture, because that one kind of was long and terrible. But so I start with Wrath of Khan. So I always start with that one. <laughs> and and there's a phrase that goes through it that you know everybody who's a nerd like myself knows. And it's you know, it's Spock says it the first time, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. And as we learn throughout the movie, that kind of reverses in the movies. Uh, that the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the of the many at a certain point, but it first starts out that the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. So, I'm watching this and I'm starting to think about you know what's going on in the sales world and how things are changing and you know the right. you know things are going from this one to one to many to one and and this kind of stuff. And then you know during the the middle, I'm watching this on Hulu. During the middle of this, a Carvana ad comes on. Carvana, uh, Peter, are you familiar with Carvana? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so it's where you can it, you, where you can see the cars if for are, are those in the audience who aren't aware with it, you know, you, that have been living under a rock for a while. It's you can order a car off the Internet and literally you drive by these Carvana places and it looks like one of those old matchbox toy deals where you put our we put our, all our cars in one of those plastic things. And then we pressed a button and the little uh, battery operated thing came and dropped the car off. But it, it got me thinking people are buying cars on the Internet. Okay, some one of the one of if not their first most their second most expensive purchase for the average person. If they're doing that, what can't they buy on the internet? And you know, so you know, I'm starting thinking, and I'm putting this together: the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one, and then the car and. And everything's just starting to come together. So then I'm thinking about what my life's been like in the 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 during COVID, you know, COVID world and how I've had to adapt to what I've done. And what I came to was, you know, two distinct things. The first distinct thing was this, that basic sales has not really changed. If you want to say that, you know, that that there's been some tweaks and some ads, absolutely. Some things have changed, but what's really changed is the methodology and people's perception of it. You know, people's minds have gotten expanded by what they can do. But, you know, too often when your mind gets expanded and you start thinking about these big concepts, you forget about the little basic building blocks. With the way you describe me in the LinkedIn piece and that you say, John is a grinder, that you nailed it on the head. That That's what I am. I am one gear and then the other, turn into the next thing, one and keep on going, going, going. But people thought that they could take this virtual platform and turn it into this, everybody was going to become the Kardashian salesperson. And they're all going to start selling this thing and everything. But it's not like that. It's still the grinding. Okay. And, you know, it's the, the mistake that people made is thinking that they condense things using the virtual platform, but they can't. And the reason is they, they forget their immediate history. And by immediate history, I'm talking about the, about the last 20 years or so. Do you know that the average human being's attention span has went down over 34% in the last 20 years? 34% the attention span has went down. And what do you attribute that to? Of course, the rise of the internet. Yeah. So it means you have a shorter and shorter time to get across to people. Next thing, do you know that most people lose their focus or concentration within four seconds? It's like 3.7, so I'm rounding up. 3.7 seconds that they lose their concentration to what they're thinking about. It's, the, it's that whole, I'm going into a room. What, what did I go into this room for? squirrel you know what am i here for and <laughs> as a result it's transposed itself into the business world so 
I took all those different various thoughts and like I've always done, you know, when something hits me, I start thinking about it. I take all the various thoughts and I think about what the through line is. If there's a through line, great. And I run with it. If not, I toss it out and move to the next thing. And I go, what's, what's the through line? The through line is, is that, that virtual selling has made people flabby in terms of sales. Now the, the best are always going to be the best. They adapt, they figure it out and they go from there. But for the majority of sales, we know the way it works. There's the, there's a top, 20 to 15% that are always going to be good. Then there's that middle portion that companies really make their, you know, that that make up company sales forces. And that middle portion is about 45 to to 60% of overall sales forces. Now you might say, well, gosh, John, that doesn't add up to hundred. Well, you're right. That's because, you know, if you take the the top 20, add it on to that 40%, okay, so you're at 60, there's a 40%, you know, 40 to 30% or so of salespeople that aren't ever going to be good. And you just can't do anything about it. It doesn't matter what technology you could give, you could, you know, you could have them selling something where they were saying, listen, I'm selling water to you and you're, you're, you're absolutely so thirsty because you're living in the desert and they couldn't do it. So you can't worry about that. What you got to worry about is that middle group that can be moved because some of those guys can go to the top and some of those gals, you know, can be up there, but you know, some of them won't. So my point is, is those people are getting flabby. They're looking at virtual as a replacement and it's not. It's like anything else. It's a tool, a tool to be used. And the biggest, most important part of using a tool is using the right tool at the right time. If I use a hammer when I'm trying to screw something in, the odds are it's not going to work. It's just not. If I use a hacksaw and what I'm trying to do is screw in a bolt, it ain't going to work. And that's what's happened. And they've done it to the tune of losing hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of COVID. People are getting smarter, but not better. And that's what my system is going to fix in the long run. John, uh, just uh, for, for somebody that may not have seen you and me talk before, um, just tell us quickly a little bit, you know, about your, um, you know, your days at Sealy when, when you were a trainer and, uh, j- just very quickly. So J- John actually comes from our industry and he's he's been on his own, owning his own company for quite a, some time now. He's been very successful at it, but he actually starts, his roots are are in our in our industry. So can you just go through that really quick? I still, I still got some of the mattress fur in my teeth every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the great things about Sealy and, and the really good mattress companies, they, they took reps who were like me and we had to actually work on the line and make the beds so we had to figure out which was great i don't know if you had to do that back in your day pete but i mean i was that was that was week two of training at Sealy. i was actually on the line making beds for three days and it gave me a whole new appreciation well my roots at Sealy is is really what took me to where i'm at now it's what i did was i looked at the whole picture and how it was done and you know this how you know the the normal mattress rep works things they come in with their candy they fill up the candy jar they go and make little jocularity with the sales reps they hope that they they like them enough that they're going to sell their mattress over somebody else's mattress hey john john just so you know Mattress reps don't go into stores anymore. There's no more oh, candy jars. That's, it, that's it, right. It's, uh, you're talking about, you know, you're, I'm talking about I, my history. I, I was talking about my history. I, I, I can't believe that some of our owners haven't jumped in and said, I can't remember the last time I saw a rep because <laughs> they really don't see reps very often. Um, yeah. but, well, I'm, ta- but I'm talking ahead. about my history. I'm talking about my history. And no, how but I started. then it was hundred percent true, man. We were yeah, all out there. Constantly. Yeah, hopping and popping. But what they weren't doing was it, it was it was not dissimilar. They they weren't bringing any 
value. They thought bringing the candy was bringing value. And so I sat down with my folks at, at Sealy and, and told them some of my problems with, you know, after shadowing folks, you know, you, you shadow the people before you actually go out there and, you know, run the, run the calls. And, and I told them, I go, we're not bringing anything to them that they can't get from a Girl Scout coming by and giving them free candy. We're not giving them anything that, that they can't get by going to the Dollar Tree and getting cheap candy. And we started kicking that around and we started talking about how do you change that? And it was about, it's what was the genesis of what was called comfort selling at Sealy and the thought process of how do you sell correctly? And one of the first things, you know, people you know need to do when buying a mattress is they need to understand what they're buying. You need to educate the workforce because it's not, you know, people will, they, they'll see a sale and that will peep their eye. Oh, oh a sale, you know, <laughs> but, but then what are they actually buying? So it's about educating them. And then I, so I took that and I extrapolated that to the people. So, you know, it wasn't Sealy wasn't selling mattresses to the end user. We were selling it to the art vans and the Sears and the JC pennies and those guys. And so I go, okay, so what do they actually need? Those guys actually needed sales training on how to sell. So we came up with our own style of selling to teach to those folks. So we weren't just coming in with candy anymore. Now we would actually sit on the on, on the line and take people through and show them how to actually sell mattresses. And our training classes went from product-based to skill-based. And it was then when things started coming together for me, Pete, where I figured out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Cause you know, I was still a young pup. I was, you know, I was sub 25 at that point and, and everything, you know, they, you know, they throw product knowledge at you and make no mistake. As I always like to say in my training classes, product knowledge is the first commandment. Thou shalt know thy product knowledge or they shall be cast into the pit of the abyss. So I, I am a firm believer that you've got to know your product before you can sell anything. However, that's all they did. And all they, let me tell you about my springs. Let me tell you about the springs and why this little bend in the spring is important. All right. It's not important if the customer doesn't tell you it's important. All right. So it's about exactly. finding out what was important to the customer. So we focus instead of, you know, we, and Sealy had a, a state of the art, still do state of the art uh, training facility and, and where they taught people about the, about the mattress and the, and, and more importantly, springs and this and that. But what they didn't teach is why were springs important? What did that mean to the customer? So I took all of those neat lessons that I learned at Sealy and, you know, cut to, you know, one day in December of 1994, I'm, I'm in uh, Colorado, Colorado Springs working at the, I'm at JCPenney One, the very first JCPenney store anywhere. Okay. I don't know if you guys know this, but Colorado Springs is where JCPenney started. That's where the founder started. I met the, I met the, I met his uh, granddaughter, as a matter of fact. Okay. Lovely lady. And I helped the gentleman sell a, uh, sell a couple pieces of, of, of uh, bedding that led to him making a certain dollar amount for that, you know, for that month. He comes to tell me in January because of what I helped him do and what I'm helping sell, it changed his entire month and his commission payout. He was able to buy, and this was in December that I did this. He was able to buy his daughter a bicycle that he wasn't able to afford until I actually helped him with that. That kind of opened my eyes. I go, you know what? That's it. You know, I've got to take that model that we learned at Sealy on, on how to teach the people on how to sell and watch them open their eyes and then all of a sudden be able to realize their dreams. And all I did is I took what I did at Sealy and then opened it up to every other industry that was out there because I'm what's called an industry agnostic. 
doesn't matter the industry because sales is sales. It's just about applying the right pieces to be successful. Did you see that article, the ad for Levin's? Which one? Levin's actually was advertising for a remote online sales rep. Yep, 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 yep. So, so guys and gals who own furniture and mattress stores, this is what is happening. There's a there's a fundamental change in in the industry, um, and you're seeing Levin's jump on it. Um, does this replace belly to belly? Nope, just supplements it, and all the basics, as John said, still apply. Care about your customer more than you care about making a sale. Get creative. Use your knowledge that you have to help your customer consider alternatives that they've never considered. That if 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 you as a retail sales associate cannot enlarge the uh, enlarge their thought process and add value. What do they need you for? They'll just go back on the internet and buy it there. But if you can come up with creative solutions that really help, then you're needed. Then you add value. So I see you're making notes, John. So I'm going to let you go. Yeah, it's you, you nailed it on the head. And you said care more about the, the customer than you do about making a sale. I'll take that a step further. Go ahead. I'll say that, you know, that, that they should care more about their customer than they should their own technology, their own product. Because at the end of the day, if you take them through everything that you have and it doesn't fit for them, and if it's still not a fit, you've got to cut them loose. And that's going to tell them more about who you are as a person and a salesperson than anything else. So first things first, care more about the person than you do your own bed, your own technology, and talking about the details of that. And then the next thing is, is care more about them than just making the sale. If you combine those two things together, you take the technology part out and you take, take that making the sale part out, everything else happens. So there's a there's a that that uh, TV show. It's kind of a phenom on Apple TV. It's called Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've got a chance to catch it. Blank. I'm a blank there, brother. Okay. First of all, you can sign up for Apple TV. Okay. uh, Newsflash. You can sign up for Apple TV for free (laughs) for a week. Okay. So uh, I'm one of those guys who I, I, uh, I go through that. I'll sign up for uh, showtime for 99 cents or this or or whatever, whenever there's something I want to see on there. Okay. And I'll do that for like for one month. But anyways, so on Apple TV, there's a show called Ted Lasso. Pete, it's great. It's about this, a guy who's a, a college football coach but gets hired to manage a soccer team in England. Now we find out that, you know, I'm not giving anything away. We find out the reason he was is because that the owner wanted to torpedo the team. Of course, you know, our hero, you know, prevails, but not the way you might think he does, but it's because he's so optimistic and he's so, he's just always looking at the best thing. There you go, Ted Lasso. So what, what is my point? How's that tie into what you said? He talks about, you know, he, there's was one point where he win, he wins people over by just being true to himself. And he's talking to this very cynical reporter. And the reporter said, well, what about this? And that you're going to lose and da 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 And, you know, you don't know anything about uh, soccer. And he says to him, he goes, if you knew anything about me and you don't, but you will over the course of time, I'm paraphrasing Ted, of course, if you knew anything about me, you don't, but you will over a period of time, you'll know that I care more about these young men's development as the best versions of themselves, both on and off the soccer field than anything I do on that patch of grass. 
you hear that, you can't stop but get goose pimples. Okay, and that's yeah. that's Ted Lasso in a nutshell. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a goose. All you do is get goose, but you you laugh and you get pimples and you cry a lot. I mean, it's just what happens during the show. <laughs> and it's the same thing, you know, with with sales. We've got to care more about that person than anything that happens on that patch of carpet that we're talking to them on. So now let's take it to the remote sales aspect of things. Okay, the remote sure. sales aspect of things is put there to facilitate, you know, selling and, you know, to uh, show customers were concerned about them with COVID and da, 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 da. But what we forget are some of the basics. Okay. So here's one of the first basics. Like I said, we lose attention in 3.7 seconds. That's just the way it is. If we're not hooked, that's why in the song, when you're listening to a song, they call it, what's the hook? You know, if you don't hear that hook in the song, you're turning the station just like that. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's online or not. So you've got to know what it is. And, you've, and, and that comes from you doing a little bit of homework. But then the next thing is, is uh, in, in movies and TV shows, there's this thing called a code open. I don't know if you're familiar with that term at all, Pete. Okay. It's something that I, I, I learned because I, I implement what I like to call infotainment in the way that I, I teach and the way that I bring people along into information. It goes a lot with the things that I have in terms of Matrix Man and some of my other folks. Well, what a cold open is in a TV show, Saturday Night Live is one that does that. What is every Saturday Night Live? Now, of course, it hasn't been that great recently, but what does every Saturday Night Live start with? It starts with a skit, and then the end of the skit said, live from New York, it's Saturday Night. But they they, they throw that cold open, that first joke in there to get you going. Bond movies, the same thing. Again, like the, the last Bond movie, hate the last Bond movie, you know, No Time to Die. It starts with, you know, Bond doing something cool. To get people's attention, and then starts you know, you know the, the 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 theme that was written by whoever it was, Madonna or Adele or whoever sings you know this this year's Bond movie theme, but it always starts with something to get people pumped, and that's what we've got to do as salespeople. We've got to get these people pumped right away. So the question is, is how do we do that? And that's what my program teaches you is. What, and because I'm, like I said, industry agnostic, Pete, it's different for every industry, right? And how do you get them hooked right from the start? Because remember what we talked about earlier, it's not about throwing technology at them or talk about, you know, you know what kind of product you have or how good the spring is. It's what is that hook? But that all that knowing what that hook is and how to do that, it depends on what industry and what you sell. And that's what we do through the the virtual sales training program that I that I implement that I'm doing you know across the country with a couple of different folks. It's about doing a deep dive to find that out, so you capture those people in that first three to three point seven seconds, and then how do you hold on to them going forward? Steve, uh, I will bring you some candy. The problem is you're <laughs> in Boise, Idaho. I love you, dude, uh, and thank you for your sponsorship. You got to let me know what kind of candy you want. Did you get the book I sent you? Um, let me know in the comments. John, I got to pay the bills real quick. Uh, for those of you who have my book, Sell a Million, you know that we read a, a chapter. And this really isn't a chapter, but I think it's appropriate for the times that we're living in right now. It's on page 147. And it's called, What I What. I am thankful for by Jack Miller. I am healthy, productive, and happy. I'm surrounded by family and friends who support what I do. I live and work in a lovely place that I selected myself. I actually created mine, as you did, John. I have to commute to work at all 
I don't have to commute to work at all. No rush hour traffic. I get to wear or not wear anything I like all day long. My pay is based solely on how long and productive productively I want to work. I get to work as early as I want or to work as late as I want. I can take vacations where and when I want without asking permission. I have no boss to make me waste my time and do stupid things. I get to make all the decisions regarding my financial security and that of my family. I am free to take responsibility for all my activities, good and bad. I can do what I do in any place in America and in many foreign lands. And I have. I've been on vacations abroad, taken orders, relayed them to the factory, and uh, made money while I'm getting a suntan. Doesn't happen every day. It's not happening today. I am able to make more than most of the people in the world because I work for myself. My company won't be merged. I don't have to worry about being laid off, downsized, or fired. My retirement plan is within my control. This is why you own a store. And also, my secondary group of people that I didn't even know was going to come on board with me or my independent sales reps who listen to this. Um, so we have a lot to be thankful for. And whether you work for yourself or you don't, there's a few sales pros that work in retail stores that, that listen to this too. Always be thankful. Always be thankful. And, and here's a little tip. Always do more than what you're paid for. Because sooner or later, your ship will come in. Now, my goal when I got out of college was to work a couple years and become a sales rep. That was my goal. But you know what happened? I got really good at selling retail and I loved it. I actually, I loved it so much I was going to do it the rest of my life until I was told I couldn't, I couldn't leave to see my little one's baseball game. And then I looked at Lou Greco and I said, Lou, I don't know how, I don't know when, but someday I'm going to leave. And I'm going to leave because of this right here. He goes, Pete, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to leave. He goes, but I can't have my best salesperson just walking out for a couple hours and then walking back in. He goes, it's just the rules. It's retail. And I said, okay. It took me about two years because I, I was a, the most horrible interview in the world. <laughs> and your ex-boss, um, <clears throat> um, what is your ex-boss's name? The guy that invented comfort selling. Nate? Yeah. Uh, Nat Bernstein. Yeah, Nat Bernstein. We called, he, him Nate. we called him Nate just to make him mad, by the way. Yeah, that does make him mad. I, I learned <laughs> that. He coached me and helped me... Uh, uh, become a very good interview. As a matter of fact, after implementing implementing Nat's recommendations, I got two job offers at the same time. So thank you, Nat Bernstein, if you're listening. God bless you. Appreciate you. I'll be thankful for you forever that you took the time to help a retail salesperson uh, do interviews better because I was the most horrible interview the world has ever seen. John, any thoughts on being thankful? Oh, absolutely. Every day I think about 
that turning point. And I, first of all, I'm thankful to Nat Bernstein as well, because I came in under his tutelage and got a chance to get started. And if I didn't get started with Sealy, I might not have gotten into what I'm doing now as quickly as I did, but it was the next step in my, in my evolution as a, as a kid, you know, I, I figured, you know, I sold this and I sold that. And then I thought the you know, next step is selling to salespeople. And I go, wow, that's really neat. And I, I didn't really grasp the implications until that one cold snowy December day in, uh, in uh, Colorado Springs. So I, I thank the stars every day that, that, that mo a, that moment happened and B that things aligned to put me in the spot. I, I, I believe that all the time. And, and it, you know how it is in our business, Pete, sometimes, not sometimes, almost all the times, you know, they say, I'd rather be lucky than good. Well, in this business, there are people who are good at getting lucky. And what I mean by that is, is because they work so hard, they just come across Guilty. these opportunities. Guilty. Yeah, they, they come across <laughs> these opportunities and these things, and it's only because they work so hard. If they sat around, you know, watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer on their couch, they're not, you know, they're, they're not going to have this opportunity. But because they're out banging on doors, making phone calls, meeting people, doing the thing, these wonderful things come to their come got to their a question. Forward. Got a question for you, John. John, do you plan on holding any virtual seminars? I do. I do. I'm uh, I'm doing that. However, right now I'm in the midst of installing this system with some different companies. So what I'm doing is is the first thing I'm doing is I'm installing the system. I'm taking you know all comers, you know, obviously who want to talk about the system that I'm putting into place, and then and this this is the process that I've adhered to throughout my career. I get the system, put it in place with companies, get great success, and then I take it out to to the masses. You know, and because you know, it gives me a chance to get it out to multiple different types of of marketplaces. So somebody will say, John, you've never done this with mattresses before. John, you've never done this in the chemical industry before, <laughs> and, you know, or whatever. You know, and I say, like, okay, you know, because sales is different when you're selling chemicals to somebody. There's a, uh, it's funny, there's a, a, a large uh, biomed firm in Cleveland called Reserca. And that was one of the first things that they, they brought me on to help their sales reps. They're one of those um, a white labeler companies where uh, uh, Merck will come to them and say, listen, we want this kind of pill. Can you do all the research? Because you know how it works in pharmaceuticals. The money isn't made on the first pill. That's where you lose the money. The money is made on you know, pill two going forward. Pill one costs a couple hundred million dollars. Pill two going forward, it's it's a you know a fraction of a penny to put all those things together. So they hire these companies and they pay them you know what's you know blah blah blah. And that was exactly what happened. It was you've never been in biosciences. I don't see anything scientific on your thing. And I'm here. I'm like okay, okay. So let's just let's go through this. And I go listen. You know, I'm not asking you to sign anything. I was brought in here by the last regime. You're not comfortable in what. You, what you're hearing, you just send me out with your client or with your with your uh, salespeople, and all I ask is you do it with two people. If, if you only want to be send me out one, send me out with your, the toughest guy you think is the most cynical person. Okay, you know, I don't care who the person is. Short story long, within a month, that person closed one of their largest deals that they ever did, and it was not an issue anymore. And it just showed that you know sales technique transcends product, not vice versa. It so does. just. It it does. It uh, John, if somebody, uh, I think Steve sent that comment. Um, I, I couldn't, it just said Facebook user. Um, <clears throat> somebody wants to get a hold of you. What's the best way for them to do it? Ah, best way 
Phone number 216 347 
aren't realistic, that don't duplicate in training, then your training, you're just, you're wasting time. Yeah. And, and you really need to bring somebody like John in to help you with training scenarios. As a matter of fact, you're the only guy that I've ever met, John. I've actually been to John's training studio and, uh, you know, you have gone so far into this. It's like, it's like there are trainers out there that have done this for 20, 30, 40 years that have never gone into it as deep as you have. You've gone into this thing so deeply. You even get involved with helping companies hire the right salespeople. Yeah. I mean, you've even broken that down into a science, but getting back on track to this virtual selling thing, sure. um, what are the, the things that need to be avoided uh, when you're trying to increase your, 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 your sales team's ability to leverage assets that are virtual I think you really said the the very first thing is is that it's basic sales. It, mm -hmm. It's it's not it's no different. So your uh, your mission, uh, you know, is to make a customer wake up happy and pain free. That's your mission. If you're selling a mattress, that's yep. the outcome that most customers want. Um, so that's that's the mission. A tool to get there is a phone a tool sure. to get there potentially. And listen, if Levin's is doing hiring an online virtual salesperson, guess what? Customers are going to start to ask you, and I'm serious. Do you have online virtual sales? <laughs> That's exactly right. Can I get on a Zoom call with you? Because I was on a Zoom call with the guy or the gal at Levin's and yep. I kind of liked it yep. because I could see them. Yep. Because guess so what? They think you're a. They think you're a liar. They do. It's yeah. not because you are a liar. It's because that's what's out there. And so, how do you overcome that? Yeah. You get good at doing a Zoom call. You get good at it. How do you get good at doing a Zoom call? You I'm about practice. to tell you, John. <laughs> I so I, so I, I, I started hitting it over the net instead of just putting it up so you could hit it. I'm sorry. That's okay. So yeah, so the, the first thing is what you said. So customers, just like I said at the very beginning, their mind stretched to new proportion, never snaps back. So as soon as they see something new, they say, I want to have that, you know, can I have that online person here, that online person there? Great. Now let's talk about the number one problem that salespeople make in the virtual selling world. They think that the use of technology automatically speeds everything up. They think that the use of technology is going to cut down their, their cycle time in terms of making it a sale. So they forget one of the basic tenets is that every step has its own goal. For example, a telephone call, you're not going to sell a mattress with a telephone call 100%. They're not going to, you're not going to say anything on the phone that is going to say, okay, great. Let me send you my, my credit card and I'm going to buy that mattress right now. Unless of course it's a complete, you know, bluebird transom deal where it comes through, but the odds are it's not going to happen. You've got to realize that telephone call, it's to create interest and to get them into your store with this in a, in a, a scheduled appointment. And can, I pause you, can I pause you sure. right there? I just, sure. I just have to say this. Um, your goal as a salesperson, 
I get it. You want to make a sale as fast as you can. I, I understand that. I get that. I'm the biggest hypertard the world's ever seen. Super type A personality. Anybody that played football with me in high school or college will tell you that. People that I work with in sales will tell you I'm the most patient person in the world. How do you how how do you rectify those? How do you line those up? It's very simple. I am there to serve my customer. And while I would in a perfect world like it to go fast, I have an obligation not only to the consumer that I'm working with, but to everything that I hold dear and holy to be a person who puts the needs of another person in front of my own needs. So that's what we're talking about here. Whether the sale, this step in the sale takes longer or shorter should not matter to you. You need to fully uncover and not try to shortcut the sale. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. That's okay, but you're exactly right. So let's go back to Ted Lasso. There's this great scene. He has a he has his uh, uh, his right hand man, his coach Beard. He's this guy with a beard, and he's just this real dry, deadpan uh, kind of guy. And there's this one episode where uh, they are, these folks are coming to him saying, "How'd you know that? How'd you know that?" He goes, "Well, I dated a professor from Oxford, and I'm a better listener than I am a talker." <laughs> and, <laughs> So, you know, what happened was, is what, you know, that, you know, he learned everything he knew. They're sitting there, they're hustling some people at pool, blah, blah, blah. He was able to talk about Oxford and why? Because he listened more than he talked. And just because we have a Zoom device, you know, here doesn't mean that now we have to present more. And, you know, now look, we can put up a slide deck easy. Okay. That's not what this is about. All it's about is still asking questions and and finding out what's important to the customer before you say a doggone word about anything. Because if you're talking to them and you think that the first thing out of your mouth should be, let me tell you about all these things, then you're wrong. It's about listening to them and finding out what's important. And what that leads to the negative way is that is, is it leads to them thinking that they got to try and do everything in that call because if they lose them, they're never going to get them again. That's a mistake. Each piece that you do has its goal. And like you said, the ultimate goal is to sell. That's the ultimate goal. But the purpose of a phone call is to get a scheduled appointment. The purpose of a scheduled appointment is to find out everything that's important to them. Now, if you can take that to a tangible close off of what they said, God bless you. But if it takes more, if you've got to get more information to gather together to get that, then that's what you've got to do. The mistake that people are making in virtual world is they're trying to get too many things done at once. And you know what the second biggest mistake is they're doing, Pete? What? Tell me, John. The second biggest mistake is they're doing the reverse. It's hilarious. It, you know, this is this has come from, you know, just the last 12 months of observing this. You got people who either are trying to do too much. Or people who are allowing that you see too much, you know, or what they're doing is too little. They're just allowing this to stretch out more. They say, "Oh, that's okay. I can get them on another Zoom." So the, you know, one of the things I I hate, I, I don't throw that word around, you know, with any kind of lightness. Hate. One of the things I hate that I hear from a salesperson is when they say, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to call them back to schedule appointment." What? Why did you schedule appointment when you're on the phone with them? 
Why did you schedule an appointment when you're there with him in person? Now you've got to call him back to schedule an appointment. You know, my line is always when I'm with somebody and, and I haven't gotten a, the next appointment with them, I say, listen, they're going to drum me out of the salesperson union if I don't ask you for an appointment right now. And they laugh <laughs> a little bit and, and then they give me an appointment. But the point is, is so, you know, the, 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 one, the one thing that people, the number one thing that they're doing wrong is they're trying to force everything into one call. The number two thing that people are doing wrong is they're allowing this to stretch it out because they think, oh, I can get a, I can get a Zoom meeting with this guy anytime. No, you can't because it's still about them investing time. If you don't have a reason to get involved with that person, if that person doesn't have a reason to get involved with you, they're not going to invest that time if it's 15 or 20 minutes, even if it's as simple as punching a couple X's and O's on their computer. It's just not going to happen. And it, you know what my what my system is teaching is, is we've got to overcome those first two things because though, I mean, the, the whole COVID thing, Pete, it drove a whole mentality really quick. People had to, I mean, first they got knocked on their heels and then they kind of figured it out. And then they started doing, you know, like, and it, it, they, they followed the cycle of how people learn, you know what I mean? Knocked on their heels, figure out how to change things and then start making mistakes. But the problem, because everything's been condensed, usually it's, you know, a cycle, you know, takes a couple of years at time for a selling process to go through this, you know, when I say a, learning a selling process to go through this has been so condensed because of COVID over the you know the, the past months that people are making these mistakes and they're bunching up so fast and and people are you know the managers, uh, presidents, directors, owners are coming to me saying, John, how do we speed up our our sales? How do we speed up our sales cycle? They're asking me the same question that they've always have, but they're then they come out with I don't understand it. We're using Zoom calls. <laughs> at, that point, at that point, I'm just sitting there. I'm just sitting there, and I got my hands below my my uh, the desk, you know, just trying to sit, just be quiet. Do not use fist of doom. Do not. Just, just, and I'm just twitching. You know what I mean? It, you know, it's like you're sitting there. You got your hand. You get your hand down, and you're stanching. You're twitching because you're waiting for that ball to snap. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe because you're hearing the same thing that you always heard. And it's amazing people aren't putting it together that this is what they've always said. But all they're doing now is they're applying a layer of technology. And anytime you apply a layer of anything, by definition, you're putting a barrier between you and something else from happening. So the trick is, wow. is how do we get through that barrier? And people are making the mistake of, of trying to penetrate the barrier too fast or putting up too many. It's the tip. It's it's a, it's the typical problem that's that's been happening in sales forever and ever and ever. And my my system is teaching people how to make sure that they're not using it as a barrier. They're using it as a conduit for that transfer of information. So, when I coach retail salespeople and store owners, you know, on a on a fast floor, you know, how do I make more sales on a fast floor? I always tell them you have to slow things down. And they go, what? <laughs> you have to slow things down. You have to go deeper and further. And you have to be able to identify who the real buyers are. And the only way you do that is go by going deeper. And so what I'm hearing John say is you need to separate yourself from the other salespeople and you need to go deeper. You need to ask more penetrating questions. You need to shut up and listen. You need to do what Colombo did. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. You need to create pauses so that your customer can fill in the awkward silence with additional information. And you need to feedback that information to develop further rapport and go deeper. If you go deeper, 
you have a better chance of the call either A, going longer and gaining more information, or B, they're going to find that you're the most interesting person they've talked to. Why? Because you're the only person that didn't tell them, we've got a 70% off sale today. And if you don't get it today, you know, you're missing the boat. You're asking them about their aches and pains. You're asking them about their challenges and what they want and what outcomes are near and dear to their hearts. And why are they looking for a, a new mattress? What are you what are you trying to accomplish? And what was your last purchase like? Can you tell me about that? Separate yourself from the pack in that first phone call. It's the only way you earn a second one and it's the only way you keep it going. You know, this statistic that you said, it's huge. 3.7 seconds. Guys, it's over like that unless you can look into the camera. And by the way, look into the camera. Don't look at them on the screen. That's hard to, to, to teach, but you're going to have to learn that on Zoom. But let me tell you something about Zoom, ladies and gentlemen. I have... I, I have a, a boss at one of my, at one of my uh, companies. He loves to do Zoom calls. And guess what? He, he just shows up. There's no prep. There's no background. Sometimes it's aimed at like over his shoulder, other places. It's all over the place. There's no thought to it. Do you know what happens when you do that on a Zoom call? You demonstrate that you don't care. If you're centered on the screen appropriately, if you look into the camera, if you you are demonstrating that you care, that you're a professional. And let me tell you, it's gonna be very soon when I that are that ad that I saw for Levin for a virtual salesperson smacked me in the head and said, if Vince is doing this pretty soon, everyone's going to have to do it. And how do we get good at it faster? And how do we not make mistakes? And the best way to do that is to hire somebody to do it. And John, I want you to take the last couple of minutes and just pitch your guts out because... Well, you, you nailed it, Pete. I mean, there are so many things that go into it. I didn't want to spend today talking to you on the phone, talking about the some of the the, the detail things, like you said, the center it on yourself and, da, 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 and, and those kind of things. Because I think what happens too often is people say, "Well, I did all the technical things right," and they forget about the heart. It's, you know, it's it's you know the the typical doctor that knows all the pieces of of every 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 person's anatomy, but doesn't have the bedside manner. You've got to have both, all right? Everything you see behind me is behind me for a reason, okay? There's something there that's a story, that's something for me as I'm going in and I'm talking to people. So a large part of what I talk about in my in my system is exactly what you're talking about, okay? The detail, the minutia of things, making sure it's set up a certain way, you're doing certain things. But overall, the important thing that people, like I said, they'll say, oh, I'm set up and I've got the good earphones and I invested in a good microphone from Best Buy. <laughs> but what they're not doing is the right things, you know, like that sales taught them for the last 20, 
30, 40, 50, 60 added phenosium years. They're not doing those things. So I start out and I focus on that. The the part about, you know, the, the technical part of it, we focus on that as well. And I actually have uh, a gentleman who's an expert in that in his design firm, and he does a lot of remote. And I bring him in separately to talk about that piece of things, because as much as I know about it, I learn from him. So I let him go through that stuff. But the sure. first thing and the most important thing that I focus on is the the basic understanding of how to use this, like I said, not as a barrier, but as a medium to pass information and more importantly, to find out what's important. And so my, you know, the best thing that I can say to you is if Zoom is becoming a large part of your selling, if you are doing more and more Zoom meetings and your bosses, you know, now that's part of your KPI, not just how many phone calls you made, but how many Zoom meetings you're on, then you need to spend the time to learn this system. And I work both with individuals as well as with companies to help them with this. Because like I said, at the end of the day, it comes down to what? Basic selling skills. And that can be done as easily if a company hiring me to cover with their 300 employees or one person calling me and scheduling an hour a week for about three or four weeks to go over this stuff with them. And it's it's going to be something that if you don't think that this is going to impact you going forward, then... God bless you. Find a new career. All right. Technology is not going away. If they can sell cars over the internet, they can sell beds over the internet. And it was funny when I, when I, when I first started working with a large car, um, a car dealership here in Cleveland, that was the beginning thing that we worked on was they were just starting to do online. That was back in 2010, 2011. They were just starting to do online car sales. And now it's changed completely. You can do almost a whole transaction like that. And guys coming to a betting store near you, it's going to happen. It's not a matter of when, or it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So get out in front of it. John, what's your phone number again? 216-347-6729. Anyone out there that owns a store or a sales rep that needs to learn how to do a better job with your virtual selling, call John at 216-347-6729. He's going to help you. And here's the thing. He's going to give you a half an hour phone call free, no matter what. And he's going to ask you about your situation. If he can help you, you guys will go further. If he doesn't think he can help you, because I've known him for so many years, he's going to say, hey, Jeff, John, whatever your name is, Mary, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I don't think I'm the right person, but here's something I think you should do. And here's something else I think you should implement. You guys have absolutely nothing to lose. Call John. He's going to help you power up your virtual sales. John, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem, Pete. And Folks out there, I promise I'm not going to waste your time because I guarantee you I don't waste mine. Amen. Thank you, John. See you, Pete. Thanks. Take care.